This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hey guys, welcome to The Collective. So let's get into a bit of a life update. I have a lot to discuss. I went through a bit of a crisis and now we are here. I have a lot of new things that have happened in my life that have come up. So let's get into it. My first life update is kind of a big one. I have decided that I am going to get my PhD. I've decided I'm going to do the whole PhD program. I am currently in a master's, for anyone that doesn't know, I'm in a master's in healthcare ethics here in Pittsburgh. And the way that it can work is that you basically like go through the process, get your master's, and then keep going. And at the end, you can get your PhD. And I'm one of the only people in my program that is only doing a master's. So I was planning on doing two years of coursework and then stopping getting my master's being done. Everyone else in my program, like my best friend Scott, is getting his PhD. So they're going to keep doing all the coursework. It's it's quite a few extra credits. I don't know off the top of my head. I want to say like six extra classes or something. And then you have to write your dissertation. You have to defend it and you have to take a comprehensive exam. So that's kind of how the PhD program works. And I only was going to do a master's because I'm applying to med school this cycle. We all know I want to be a doctor. I want to go to med school. But so two weeks ago, I went into my advisor's office. He's the man that I emailed 9 million times to ask for approval for the job. If you listen to that episode, you know what I'm talking about. But we're a couple of besties now. And I went into his office to let him know about the social security interview and blah, blah, blah. And just like little gave, I gave him a life update. I like to update him on things I'm doing. And he basically was like, Brie, like what's your end goal with all of this? Like, do you want to keep doing the PhD? Do you only want to do a master's? Like, how do you want to do it? I know you want to go to med school. I'm sure we can figure something out. You're already in this program. You might as well finish the PhD. And so basically I agreed with him. I was like, I'm already doing 98% of this work because every paper that I'm writing can be filtered in as a chapter of my dissertation. So basically what we're doing is I am going to I'm taking extra credits right now. I'm taking extra courses. I'm taking summer courses. I'm going to do all this stuff and I'm going to finish my PhD coursework in two years. And then if I got into med school, I would be going in fall 2023. And while I'm in med school, I would be taking my comprehensive exam and I would be defending my dissertation. So ideally what would happen is I would get my PhD while I'm in my first or second year of med school, which is very ambitious. It's very ambitious, but honestly, if anyone's going to do it, I know I can do it. So I'm going to do that. We're going to try it out. Hopefully I get into med school this cycle. I might not. And then if I don't get into med school this round, then at least I still have my PhD that I'm working on. You have four years from the time that you finish your coursework to actually defend your dissertation. So I do have a bit of time and I'm hoping that it wouldn't take me that long to try and defend it. But yeah, so that's my biggest life update is that I applied to the PhD program I'm already basically in it. It's just a formality to apply. I mean, my letters of record, literally my advisors right now who decide if you're in the program or not. So I'm going to try and get my PhD and I'm also going to try and go to med school. 
very ambitious. I know. I don't know. It's one of those things that I walked into his office and I was like talking to him and I went in to ask him if I could like take a day off from school because I'm going to Mexico with Dean. And so basically I was telling him like I'm not going to be here for a class. And then I left his office, a PhD student. And I called my mom and I said, I'm doing the PhD. And she said, that's amazing. That's what we wanted in the first place. So I'm a very um, impulsive person. I kind of make decisions really quick. I didn't really think about it. I didn't go home and like write the pros and cons. I kind of just decided that this is what I'm doing. And so now it's what I'm doing. But honestly, I'm very, very excited about it. It kind of makes me want to like do school even more. Like I was kind of a little stagnant and wasn't loving everything that much. And I think now doing the PhD, knowing that I have kind of more of a concrete angle makes me even more excited. So basically, I'm going to get my master's the following, so like next fall. Next fall, I'll be done all my master's coursework. I get a little diploma situation or certificate. I don't know what it is. I get my master's in the fall, and I'm already going to be starting my PhD coursework in the fall at the same time. So I'm finishing and starting same semester this next semester coming up. And then I have one more semester of PhD courses, and then I write my dissertation and I defend it. So I don't, honestly, I don't really even know what it means to defend a dissertation. I have no idea. I'm a little confused. I don't actually know. So I'm going to have to look into that a little bit more. But my grandpa, as we all know, I mean, if you don't know, he was like the most, he had his PhD and he like did all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about it later because it's part of HC now. But anyways, he was one of the advisors on like these PhD committees that would have people defend their dissertation to him. So my mom told me basically what I have to do is stand there and they grill me about my dissertation and I have to like prove that I know everything in it. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I have anxiety about it, but like it'll be great. I'm so excited. And yeah, that's my first life update. <laughs> Girlies, when you're first starting a business, you have enough to worry about. The stress is overwhelming and there's absolutely no reason you should be adding any more. Luckily for us, Shopify is here to help. Shopify has all the tools to power and build your business to the next level. It grows with your business no matter how far or big you grow. Thanks to an endless list of integration and third-party apps, Anything you can think of from on-demand printing to accounting to chatbots, everything you need to revolutionize your business, they have. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and they are the global force behind Allbirds, Linen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. As a WTTC listener, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash WTTC, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash WTTC now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, shopify.com slash WTTC. Okay, girlies, we are talking about our favorites once again. If you've ever had an embarrassing BO moment, Lumi is here to help. 
Lumi is powered by mandelic acid to control odor in a new way. Lumi delivers outrageous 72-hour odor control from everywhere, including your pits, your feet, and yes, even your privates. And fun fact, but it was actually a patient's concern about their private odor that originally inspired the OBGYN who invented Lumi. I currently have the toasted coconut deodorant, and let me tell you, it is my absolute favorite, and it smells so good. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers, and it comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code WTTC for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's WTTC at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Okay, so if you listened to the last episode, the one with Sarah where we got wine drunk, then you'll know that I had my social security interview that obviously I had so much anxiety about and I walked in, they looked at my passport and they said, amazing, thank you so much. So I officially got my social security number, I got my social security card in the mail, I sent it to my employer, I officially start work on April 11th, which is so exciting because I am going to Mexico with Dean and I didn't want to start work before we went to Mexico because I think that would give me a lot of anxiety. So when we come home from Mexico and I'm done my vacation, I'm going to start work. But here's the kicker. While I, while I was going through this entire social security debacle, this inner, inner turmoil with the social security people, I was getting a lot of anxiety that the hospital that I'm working for was going to be like, no, this is too much. We're actually going to revoke your offer. And so I was like, what am I going to do? What plan of action am I going to take? So I started applying for other jobs at other hospitals. And one of them is at the pediatric hospital. It's literally called like Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. And I applied for a job there. And this was probably like two or three months ago that I applied. But the other day, I got an email from them saying, we would love to have an interview with you. So I have an interview set up for the 22nd. So I'm going to do an interview. I might have two jobs. It's in the pediatric oncology, hematology, and BMT unit, which either is going to make me or break me. If someone doesn't know, it's that's like the cancer unit, basically, and I think think it's gonna break me. I'm not really sure. I'm either gonna come home crying every single day or I'm gonna be there and be like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is why I want to go to med school. This is why I'm busting my ass for this. But everything that I'm writing about in my PhD slash master's, whatever, I don't know what program I'm technically in officially right now, but in this program, I'm writing about everything pediatrics. I love the pediatric, like realm of medicine. So I think it's the perfect job for me. So I might have two two jobs, which honestly wouldn't be that bad because my classes in the summer are pretty much independent studies. 
And then I can just work all summer and get experience and like do that kind of thing. But we'll see. They would kind of came out of nowhere. I honestly forgot that I even applied to them. And then, yeah, they popped back up. So I'm going to do the interview. Hopefully I love it. Hopefully they take me. And then, I mean, at least then I already have my social security number and it's a lot less work and I already like have everything all set. Okay, so because Sarah was here last week and because we recorded an episode together and we got so drunk, I forgot to tell everyone about Nashville. So I went to Nashville a few weeks ago for my cousin's wedding. It was the most beautiful wedding I've ever seen in my entire life. It was at the Country Music Hall of Fame, which I told everyone about. And I need to clarify in that episode, I told everyone that my dad sent me a picture of Luke Combs. Unfortunately, it was not Luke Combs. Luke Combs was not there. There was other music, country music stars and stuff, but like Luke Combs was not in the building and I searched everywhere for him and it wasn't Luke Combs. So that's very depressing. I told everyone it was. I was like literally bragging to everyone that I was in the same hotel as Luke Combs. And then I got there and I said, Neil, that's not Luke Combs. (laughs) Like, how depressing. (laughs) But anyways, it was the most amazing wedding. I got to spend time with my family, who I don't get to see that often, especially like my cousins from Tennessee and stuff. I don't get to see them hardly ever, especially with the pandemic and like Canada's borders being closed. I haven't seen them in a really long time. So it was so much fun. My cousin's wife's family is the most fun people I've ever met in my entire life. They're so Southern. They say y'all all the time. They are just like the most energetic people. And it was electric. Like it was so, so much fun. If you saw my Insta post of my Nashville photo dump, then you'll see that my 89-year-old Nana was on the dance floor the entire night, the entire night. She was having the most fun. She was literally the life of the party. Everyone was like, this is actually insane that she is up here dancing and moving. She had a little cowboy hat on. She had these like, we had these light up like glow stick type of things. And she was like stabbing people with them. I don't know, but she was having the most amount of fun. It made me so happy to see. And then also like at the actual wedding, my uncle and my Nana walked down the aisle. And that was kind of the point that like, it hit me. It hit me so hard. I started bawling my eyes out. I was like, this is my Nana's first grandchild that she gets to watch get married. My brother started crying. My parents were crying. Like it was, it was just the most like heartwarming weekend I have probably ever had in my entire life. And it made me so happy to be there. But so we got in on Thursday night or Thursday during the day and poor Dino, Dean had to fly all the way from Canada to Nashville and he had to fly Wednesday night, stay in the Toronto airport. He slept in the airport like on the floor and then fly from Toronto to Nashville. So he got in like maybe noon on Thursday and I got in at like seven in the morning on Thursday. But so there was a Predators hockey game Thursday night and my little cousin who is 16 is 
kind of a hockey star. He's going to get drafted. He's like this family's prodigy. He's the most amazing. I am obsessed with him. Anyways, his agent is also an agent for players on the Preds. And my aunt got us tickets from this agent. So Dean and I were like, okay, yeah, of course we'll go to the game. That'll be so fun. So we get to the game. Little did we know that our tickets got us into the lounge, the lounge area, but not even the lounge area. We went into the VIP lounge area with the Predators players' families. Like, so you're on the main concourse, you take an elevator, you go down, you go to this lounge area, you show them your ticket. And then this lady was like, oh, I'll take you to like the catfish, whatever, the catfish lounge. And we're like, um, okay. So she takes us, we have our own little like wristband situation. And we're in a room that is probably like the size of my apartment kitchen. It's very small. We have our own personal bartender, free drinks, free food, all this stuff. And we walk in and there's the player's parents in this room. And we're like, we should not be here. We should not be in here right now. But it was literally wild. It was so wild. Dean and I were like, why are we in here? Why do we get free drinks? Why are we getting free food? Then, of course, we like went into like the normal big lounge that people actually like pay to go into and we could like go get free food in there. But the big thing was the drinks. If you're in the normal big lounge, you have to pay for your drinks. When we go into this VIP little lounge situation, we get to go into the fridge. We get to grab coolers. We get to grab water. We have our personal bartender. She makes our drinks. It was we were very confused. We were like, why are we here? We shouldn't be in here, but we're going to take advantage of it. We sat third row. It like I saw the players' faces up close and personal. I could like draw them out for you. And it was the most it was the most wild thing ever. We got so drunk. We had so much fun. We ate a whole bunch of hot dogs. Dean sabotaged me by posting photos of me eating hot dogs all over his Instagram. One of the players' moms was like walking up the steps. She tripped and fell. Dean had to catch her. It was a whole situation, but it was so much fun. And we were all so drunk. And I like went into this room and I just grabbed myself a drink. And the bartender made us drinks. And it was, it was just, we were like, why are we here? But Dean hasn't been to an actual hockey game since he was like very, very little. So he was like, this is really setting high standards. Like he will never be able to like go to a hockey game ever again and have it be even close to the same experience. And I think it was also just so wild because we went just thinking we were going to get like nosebleed seats and we were so excited to still go and all this stuff. And then we ended up in the most VIP section that you could possibly be in at this hockey game up close and personal with the players, met the players' families, got drunk with them. Like, it was just the most wild thing ever. But Dean became a hockey fan. If you know him, you know that he's a huge football fan. He does not like hockey. But he became a hockey fan, even more a Preds fan. And I've been in love with the Predators since I was little. Like, I would go to hockey games with my dad in my hometown, and I would be the kid wearing the jersey for the other team. Like, I love the Predators. So, it was just so sweet, and it was so much fun. And we were like, we should not be here. We do not, we do not fit in. But 
yeah, it was unreal. So I would like to have a little shout out to my little cousin for being a hockey star and getting us these tickets. Also, like when we were there, I went to the lady who controls the elevator or whatever to like go down to this lounge and I showed her our tickets and I'm like, can we go down? Like, is it okay if we like go down? Like are tickets allowed to have us like go down to the lounge, blah, blah, blah. And she literally was like, are you fucked? She was like, you guys have the most VIP tickets ever. Why are you confused if you can go down? And I was just, I was like, I I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. I don't, I don't know. It was, oh my God, it was freaking wild. We are still riding that high. It's been two weeks and we are still on a high from that. Another life update As you guys know, Sarah was here last week and she left literally a week ago and I have never been so sad to have someone leave me. Normally I love having my alone time, but she left and I sat in my apartment and I was like, this is so depressing. Like this is so depressing to not have her here. I called Dean. I said, I just want Sarah here because I'm bored and she would laugh with me and it would be so fun. And I just, I already miss her and I want her to come back, but as you know, we had our HC photo shoot. It was the most fun thing ever. Chisholm was a part of it. It was just, it was such a good vibe. It was such a good vibe. We played music. It was the three of us. We had fun. We didn't have a random come do a photo shoot this time. It was just like the three girls, which honestly I loved even more. But that bulk order has been shipped. I'm hoping that we get it pretty soon. Um, Obviously, there's like situations happening around the world, so everything's very delayed, but it should be soon. We'll be posting about it on our Insta. I think tomorrow we're actually posting the first official picture of it and the title, or like not the title, the name of the collection. This one is the most sentimental to me, this collection. It resonates with me. It resonates with my family. The title of the collection, I have it tattooed on my body. Like it is the most sentimental one to me and it has to do with my grandpa and all this stuff. So I'm very, very, very excited for this one. But I want to give everyone that's listening to the pod a promo code that you can use on anything HC for the next week. So it'll expire on March 21st. So if you're listening right now and you want to go get an HC sweatsuit, use the promo code WTTC podcast, all caps for 20% off your order for the next week. Get yourself a sweatsuit. It's the comfiest and best thing you will ever have in your entire life. I promise you that. Okay, last life update before we get into this episode. But I mean, it's not really a life update. But when Sarah was here, we were saying how we need to be more hydrated. We need to drink more water. So we started a new thing where we have to drink at least half of a Hydro Flask, like half of a 40 ounce Hydro Flask. So 20 ounces of water before we're allowed to have our morning coffee. So it's only been, I'm going to say it's been like four days since I've started doing it, but I really do think that it helps a lot and it helps me to not be as dehydrated because coffee obviously is a diuretic. But one thing that Sarah even told me that was the best thing for her to help her drink water, drink more water, is that she got the straw lid for her Hydra flask because you can literally just like hold it and just like casually sip on water throughout the day. It's not as much of a task as it is to 
basically like just take off the lid. I don't know why that seems like such a big hassle, but if you have a problem drinking water, try and get a water bottle of some sort that has a straw. It'll help you so, so, so much. Try to try what we're doing and drink half of your water bottle before you drink your coffee and just see if it makes you feel any better. It makes me mentally feel better because I know that I've just chugged a whole shit ton of water. But that's our new thing and we're trying it and we're trying to be more hydrated. (laughs) Okay, so finally getting into this episode, we're going to talk all things breakups which suck, but we're going to talk about basically how to get over a breakup. Breakups are horrible. They suck. They make you want to die, but getting over it is kind of a long journey for some people. And I'm going to kind of talk through some of my tips and my tricks that I used when I was going through a breakup. I I was a late bloomer, as we all know, especially if you heard the last episode. But when I was 19, I started dating my ex-boyfriend. We're going to call him Will. I started dating Will um, when I was 19, and we dated until I was 22. And we did long distance because I went to Arizona, but we... I thought I was going to marry him. I literally thought I was going to marry him. And then we ended up breaking up. It was my doing that we broke up, but nothing ever happened that caused the breakup. It was just more of a feeling that I just felt like we were drifting and we were two different people and we weren't necessarily like growing together, but nothing happened. Like neither one of us cheated, neither one of us, we didn't even get into a fight. Like there wasn't any reason that we needed to go through this breakup other than I just knew in my gut that like this wasn't the person I was supposed to be with, which honestly sucks. That sucks so much. It was so hard. I would much rather have us had like gone into a fight so that I could be angry at him or something. But when you kind of split like amicably, kind of, I mean, it wasn't like completely amicable, but when you split and there's no reason and the other person like didn't do anything wrong, it kind of guts you. It makes you feel really shitty for doing it. But the first thing that I'm going to say that you need to do when you are going through a breakup is to grieve it. I even asked Dean, I was like, do you have any tips for anyone that's going through a breakup? And he agreed with me that this is the most important thing is that you need to understand that going through a breakup sucks and you need to understand that it's not going to be okay for a little while and you need to allow yourself to be sad and you need to grieve this relationship. That was one of my biggest issues when I broke up with Will is that I did not give myself time to grieve it. They say a lot of the time that when people break up, the boy will like suppress his emotions and it'll come out later and the girl will kind of feel everything right at that moment and then be okay months later. And I think when I broke up with Will, we did a 180 flip and I was the one that suppressed everything. I was in university. I was going to parties. I was studying like crazy. So I would have days where I would cry for five minutes and then be like, okay, suck it up. You have a cardiology exam tomorrow. Get your shit together and start studying. So I never actually fully grieved the relationship. 
And then another big thing was a lot of people thought I was okay because I was the one that did the breaking up. Like it was my decision for us to break up. So a lot of people thought I should be the one that's okay when really I was like dying inside and just people didn't really think about it that way, I guess. Like I don't, I don't know. But so I never fully grieved it. I tried to suppress everything by going out, by studying, by just basically keeping myself super, super busy. And then when I went home for Christmas break, which is a whole month long, and I was home and I didn't have school, I didn't really have a ton of people to hang out with, all this stuff, that's when it really started to hit me and I started to spiral and I had the biggest breakdown I have probably ever had in my entire life. Like my dad had to come and like hold me and make sure I was okay. And it got to that point because I never let myself fully grieve the relationship the entire time. And my biggest thing that I'm going to say to everyone is it's okay to be sad, eat some ice cream, cry it out, do what you need to do, stay home for a few days, don't spend time with people, just like literally sit with yourself and feel every emotion that you need to feel so that you can cope with it more healthily, go to therapy if you need to. One of the big things that I did when I finally did start to like feel the breakup and feel my emotions is I would literally sit in front of my computer and I would record myself just talking it out. And that was kind of part of my form of therapy. I do that with a lot of things actually is I'll just like sit and I'll record myself and I'll just talk everything out. I actually really, really like it. And then sometimes I'll either delete the video and be like, I don't care about this anymore. Or I will go back and rewatch it and be like, okay, look at how much I've grown from this situation. But definitely let yourself feel it. It sucks. I'm not even going to pretend like it doesn't suck. Having breakups sucks. No matter what the relationship was like, it is going to hurt. You're losing a person that meant something in some way to you. So definitely feel it. Let yourself grieve it. And it'll help you to just move on from it and cope with it in a better way. Once you've grieved it and once you've kind of gone through all the emotions of it, spend time with your friends and spend time with people who make you feel good. When I was dating Will, I neglected my friends a lot of the time because I was so focused on spending time with him. And when we broke up, I realized how important my friends actually are. So, I mean, now dating Dean, I really make it a priority to still have time with my friends. Dean has time with his friends. And then we obviously have time together, but our whole lives are not focused on each other. So make sure that you are spending time with your friends and time with your family and people that make you feel good. When you're going through a breakup, you feel really, really, really shitty. So you want to be around people that uplift you and make you feel confident and you can have fun with and go out and do these things. Even when I say go out, I don't even mean like go out to the bar and get drunk and blah, blah, blah. Like that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, go out to a friend's house and watch a movie and just hang out or like whatever it is that you want to do. Once you've felt all the emotions, you've kind of talked through them a little bit and now you just need a little bit of a pick me up. Spend time with the people that you love and that uplift you. Okay. So when I broke up with Will, my biggest thing was a lot of people kept telling me, 
because I was sad, obviously I'm allowed to be sad. Obviously I'm going through a breakup and it's normal to be sad. But a lot of people kept telling me like, you can go back to him. You can ask him to date you again. He would do it like all this stuff. And I literally had to tell people like, I don't want to date him again. I know that I broke up with him for a reason. I'm just trying to like get through the sadness and grieve it out. So one of my like tips, I guess, that I say when people go through a breakup is you have to get past the point of being hurt. You have to get past the point of being sad before you should ever reevaluate if you should be together again. It's very, very easy to let those sad emotions kind of dictate you dating again. And I had to constantly remind myself that I'm I mean, I am an impulsive person, but I do think things through quite a bit. Like I'm a very calculated person. Every impulsive decision that I've ever made has never actually been that impulsive because I've already thought about it 9 million times before. It's just in the moment I just decide to say yes really quick. But so when we broke up, I had to constantly remind myself that I am not a dumb person. I made this decision for a reason. Whatever that reason was in the moment, I made this decision and I need to stick with it until I'm not grieving this relationship anymore. And then if I still want to be with him, I can reevaluate. We can talk it through. We can do all this stuff. But my biggest thing was that I needed to get past these emotions of being sad because when you're sad and lonely, it's very easy to revert back to what's natural. Going through a breakup is like getting outside your comfort zone. You're no longer in that state of comfortability anymore because you're not with that person. So I had to force myself to stick with my decision until I got past that point of being hurt. And then if I wanted to still be with him, I can reevaluate it. But once I got past that point, I realized that I made the right decision. We're better off not being together. And now I'm with Dean and I'm the happiest I've ever been. But once I got past that point of being hurt, I never thought for a second that we should have been together. Okay, so this one, a lot of people might think is a little... It's a little iffy on what people feel, but I think that you should cut off all communication. I think that you should either block them on all social media or you should mute them or what it is, but you need to cut off all communication. It's not, I don't think it's petty. And even if it is petty, who cares? Because you need to put yourself first in this time and you need to like, allow yourself to be selfish right now and kind of deal with this broken heart. But it is very, very hard to get over someone when you constantly are looking at their stories, when you're constantly seeing what they're posting, when you're always seeing them out with people. I definitely made the mistake of hurting myself over and over and over by creeping people that I used to date or talk to and I would see them out with a group of people and there'd be girls in the photo or whatever it is and I would literally spiral out of control in my head. So I had to block them. I had to mute them. I had to basically isolate myself from them so that I could deal with my emotions. I could grieve the situation and I'm not having their influence affect me in any way. And 
yeah, people might think it's petty and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, like you need to put yourself first. I don't really care if it's petty. You need to do what you need to do. It's also really important that you realize that you're probably not going to get closure. You probably, for the most part, unless like they're a really, really, really good person, that you probably will not get to sit down with them and talk it through. You probably won't be able to get this closure and you need to find closure within yourself. And that is the most difficult thing in the entire world. I still have people that I'm like, I would like to know why this happened. I would like for you to tell me all your emotions that were going through this. And I want to know why everything happened the way it happened, even with friends. And sometimes you just don't, you just don't get that closure. And blocking people and muting them helped me find that closure because if they weren't going to give it to me, I was going to give it to myself. And I mean, I don't know, maybe you're in a situation where you both need closure. You're going to have a talk and you can leave the situation feeling a little bit more calm and a little bit more okay with the decision. When I came home for Christmas, I, when I came home for Christmas, Will, this boy, (laughs) I keep forgetting what I called him. Will came over and we kind of had a little bit of a talk. He, he came over thinking that we were going to get back together. I did not want to do that. Um, but for me, it kind of gave me closure when I was with him and I knew that this just is not how it used to be. And we kind of talked it out a little bit. We talked about why, I felt like we had to break up and all this stuff. And so we kind of got a little bit of closure, not not a ton, not as much as someone might think. Like I kind of left the conversation feeling a little bit more distraught, but I was lucky enough that I did get to see him one last time and we kind of did get to talk it out a little bit. And I think it honestly made both of us kind of understand the situation a little bit better. And then it helped us to grieve it and get over it a little bit easier. But the funniest part about that whole thing is that he came over. We were in my room. We were talking. My parents knew that he was coming over, but my little brother, Nicholas, like had no idea. And he was coming up to my room to come hang out with me. And my mom stopped him and was like, don't go up there. Don't go up there. Don't go up there. Like Will's up there with her. And my brother was like, what the fuck? Like he was like, I had no idea. And so then when he left, my little brother was like, dude, dude, what the fuck? I almost just walked in and I like, that would have been the most uncomfortable thing ever. So my whole family hid in my house because no one wanted to see him because everyone was so uncomfortable. So everyone hid. He literally like let himself in, came up to my room and then like let himself out. It was like, it was very, it was very weird. It was very uncomfortable, but my whole family hid because they were so, no one could deal with it. But I think the most important thing to take away from all of this is going through a breakup sucks. Going through a breakup is really, really shitty. No matter who you're breaking up with, no matter how long you've been dating, it sucks and everything takes time. And if you're not over it in two weeks or whatever, like that is very, very normal. (laughs) I dated a boy for like a month and we weren't even like officially dating. And it took me a very, very, very long time to get over him. Like a very, like I'm talking like a year, like it took me a very long time. And 
everyone's different. And just because it took me longer than other people doesn't mean that like I'm not like doing okay. Like that's a very normal thing. Everyone's relationships are very different and you can't ever compare your breakup to someone else's. You have to honestly just stay true to yourself, stay true to what you feel and what you value and kind of block everyone else out. Honestly, like as much as people want to help you, you need to block them out. When I broke up with Will and everyone was giving me their opinions on how I should get over it and how I could go back to him and how I was the one that broke up with him. So I shouldn't be as sad. And a lot of people said like, poor him, I feel so bad for him. And I was like, this is not helping me at all. So I just had to learn to tune them all out. And that's a lot easier said than done. But going through a breakup is really hard and having everyone else's influence input and like having everyone else affect you in some way is not going to help you get through it so if you need to just isolate for a little bit just isolate like I always say like taking time for yourself and putting yourself first is not it's not a selfish thing and even if people think it is a selfish thing who cares because at the end of the day you only have yourself but everything takes time. Let yourself grieve it. Have some ice cream. Have a glass of wine. Cry it out. Eat some sushi. Watch a sad movie. Read a book. Journal it out. Talk it out. Go to therapy. Go work out. Go exercise. Move your body. Do anything that you need to do. And just know that it takes a lot of time. Everyone always says like everything gets better with time. And I honestly agree. Over time, it'll not affect you probably as much it won't sting as much and you'll be able to cope with it a lot better but just make sure that when you go through this you're not suppressing any of your feelings because I did that and it did not work out very well for me so do as I say not as I do but this is all I have to say on this I'm hoping I never go through a breakup again um knock on wood someone tell Dean to never break up with me but yeah, they suck. I'm not even going to lie. They are horrible. They're not fun, but you will get through it. You will thrive after it. Honestly, the post breakup glow up. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I looked so much hotter and was like so much more confident after my breakup. And I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I was trying to date people again. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't really change that much, but dude, I freaking glowed up like crazy. So anyways, I mean, that's a bright side. That's a bright side. I don't know. But anyways, okay. I hope you guys love this episode. <laughs> it's a little depressing, but I think it's an important thing to talk about, especially being in our 20s and this is a normal thing to date a ton of people and go through breakups and have our heart broken and it honestly just makes us who we are but I hope you guys love this episode <laughs> please don't forget to follow it rate it send it to a friend send me a message on insta let me know what you think about it send me a message on insta to give me some tips and tricks that you used when you went through a breakup and I will catch you guys in the next episode bye
Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the mom room podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood.